Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra Podcast. Whoa, what are these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. Hello, sex geeks, sex nerds, friends. Hi, Dave. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. I'm feeling really good today. Yeah? That's yeah. great. I'm uh, getting ready to go to Japan. What? What? Um, like Japan, like you're going to Japan? The I'm place? Get, yes, I'm going the to country Japan. country of Japan. That's right. Nippon. Yeah. The, the land of the sun, right? <laughs> Something. I don't, I don't know. The middle of the universe. The I, center of the earth. The, <laughs> there, I realized why I was so excited and scared the other day going, because this is a really uh, last minute trip. It's for family. Because you're tired of white people. <laughs> because I feel like I'm traveling to the future. Because I'm going to be in Tokyo, basically. And yeah. I feel like I'm going to get a glimpse into. Totally. It's like Blade Runner over there. Totally. Yeah. But and, the good part. <laughs> the top part. Right. Until I get into the seedy underbelly of yeah, the red light district. Exactly. Love hotels. What? And then you, you get to kill slash have sex with a robot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I will. Maybe you will. You should. Okay. First of all, buy uh, Katie and I some panties and a vending machine. Uh, right, Katie? Katie <laughs> uh, really wants some panties out of a vending machine. Uh, just to put on the wall. <laughs> Not for any other reason. And I want them for another reason. I feel like I'll forget, like I always do, to buy my friend's souvenirs, and then I'll just wear some panties and be like, oh, these are from a Japanese vending machine. Wow. <laughs> That's funny. It's definitely a bait and switch you could pull. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have something for you. It's in the bathroom. I'll <laughs> go to the bathroom for a second and get your present. And it's wrapped in toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah um okay i don't know i have no idea what to expect and i just i just can't wait and i'm slightly scared but i really want to see love hotels i don't know if they'll let me just what are love in. hotels they're hotels where you can stay a few hours or spend the night but oh. the rooms are themed which is already just fun 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 wait you can rent for a few hours, and it's for the purpose of having sex? Pretty much. I okay. mean, I guess you could sit and meditate. But <laughs> it's, it's funny. In the, we uh, have those here, too. <laughs> right. No, but they're themed. Okay, this is the important part. Listen up, man. They are themed so, like, you can be in the spaceship room, or what? you can be in, like, the Hello Kitty bondage room. What? That's What? Yes. That is an odd pairing uh, Google, that I would love to see. Google, not at work, uh, Japanese <laughs> or Japan love hotel or love hotel room japan you know one of those and this is long yeah it's a long thing to google well because if you type in love hotel you'll just see some really nicely furnished hotel <laughs> you know? sure. love hotel hello kitty bondage japan and um google that or like a bed in a giant cage or i think there's sex furniture in some of them or they're more dungeony there's oh there's one where you can pretend that you're on a subway car and you're groping like the person that you're there with so like you can pretend like you're <laughs> just in the public transit that's great. Yeah, it's pretty. It's so cool. Is there like a? Do you know if there's uh, in the subway one? If there's like a booth in the front for the driver? Because that would <laughs> really. That's my fantasy. Uh, just for the driver to be really hot and be like, "Huh, what are you doing?" Hey, bring an extra friend. <laughs> exactly. There you go. I don't know. I don't. I didn't see that, but it's funny because it'll be the subway and the bench, and then there's just a bed on the floor. Oh, and there's one that's a secretary supplies closet. So it's office supplies and then the mattress. 
You guys, man, you should really see Sandra's face right now. She's so excited. You're so excited. I'm so excited and I'm scared. I'm scared and I'm excited. I also... What are you scared of? I'm scared because, like, one, culture shock is a really intense sure, experience. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. If, have you ever been just submerged in a completely different culture? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's... um. It's hard. It's... It's right. weird. Actually, when I was... Uh, I, I I lived in Italy for three years of my childhood. What? And yeah, and their 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 fuck you symbol is like devil horns, like like fucking metal, man. Like that's <laughs> a, that's what it is. It's like that means fuck you. <laughs> and uh, I saw someone do it to another. I was sitting with my mom in traffic, and uh-huh. uh, I was like, "Mom, what does this mean?" And like gave the symbol to her, but through the window, a guy saw it. And like flipped out and like started like <laughs> punching the car and stuff. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> horrid culture shock. Bad road rage against children in Italy. <laughs> just like a weird. <laughs> Actually, come to think of it, that guy was probably just a psychopath uh, and it had nothing to do with culture shock. It's really funny. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little different. Yeah. Different. No, um, it's like when your mind is being like blown every just every time you turn your head, you're just like, whoa, what? Whoa, what? And I mean, I love travel. I mean, sure. I could have easily been travel nerd, Sandra. Like, it's just I'm, let's just talk about luggage choices. I mean, it gets exciting. Whoa, what? luggage. Oh, my God. I love luggage so much. Um, Do you have some, like, really cute themed matching luggage? Oh, they're incredibly utilitarian. No, <laughs> no. I don't do, like... You don't have, like, a pink plaid... Uh... Oh, stop. Whoa. You don't you even know oh, me. You, know, st- you are wearing a shirt covered in kisses. <laughs> <laughs> Red kissy lips are on your shirt. <laughs> Don't fuck with me about you having cutesy luggage. <laughs> oh my god, who have I become? <laughs> oh my god, it's so true. Um, all right, touche, touche. But yeah, no, pink plaid. No, but yes, it is. It is. Uh, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. No, I have a rolling piece of luggage that has a zip-on backpack that you can take off for day travel, and also. <laughs> It has a secret um, back straps that you can, so if you need, you're in wow. like rugged territory and you can't roll your luggage. One final question about this. Okay. Does it have a matching dop kit? What the heck is a dop the, kit? Yeah, oh, the toiletry thing? Yeah. Does it? No. Because I, if it does, then you're a totally different person than I thought you were. No, uh, no, no, no. I don't even, I don't even know what a toiletry kit. It matches my kit. car and my socks and my dog. Everything um, matches. Absolutely not. No, I chose this because it's the largest it can be still fitting in the overhead. Of the airplane. Now you are travel nerd, Sandra. Oh my god, I'm so excited! No, really, like I had a dream for a long. I had a dream. I mean, I can still do it, <laughs> but I just have like a travel show because I'm so excited about. It. Oh god. Anyway, Man, I'm me going too. To Japan. I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's so sexy, um, and the food. But uh, when it <laughs> no, but here's what I really want to do. And okay. by, by the time when I come back, I'm sure we'll do an episode just on the craziness that was the sure. experience of yeah. going to Japan. But. They have a red light district and you can hire male hosts or female hosts, which are basically, you know, sex workers. And you can have the guy, right? Like if I hired a guy, I can hire him to give me the boyfriend experience. So we're not having sex, but I, we go to a bar and I buy really expensive drinks for us both. And I pay him a little bit and he just dotes on me and gives me compliments and like makes me feel really awesome for like an hour or two. Well, that's great. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I should do that just to like experience that if I have, you know, an extra $400 to burn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm estimating. Oh, speaking of which, at, at the comedy store the other day, I uh, chatted up Bobby Lee. You know him? Oh, 
he's yeah. really sweet. He's yeah. really nice. Yeah, he's really cool and hilarious. Mm-hmm. He was at a shoot in uh, Thailand for like a long part, of, like a large part of this year or last year, mm-hmm. during when she went to a brothel a bunch of times. Ooh. We should have him on because the stories he told me <laughs> are crazy. Uh, I would love to. I've actually yeah. I um, was a part of the comedy show Tits and Giggles from to raise money for my friend Elaine. Um, and he was in the show because oh, he, he knows Elaine. So yeah, so I would love to have him on actually. Um, and P.S. Elaine from the Taboo episode, she did have her mastectomy and she is uh, healing very well and yes. in good spirits. That's and, great. Yeah, thank you for everyone who had donated to her campaign to because it's been a crazy year. So sure, yeah, friendship, love. Yeah. Uh, she's taught me so much about sexuality. She's awesome. Anyway, um, Japan. Yeah, that's right. Japan. Japan. No, I'm excited about that. I so who knows? Maybe I'll even hire a host. I really want to see the the stand up blowjob machine, where you like stand. It's like a big what? box with a hole in it where you put your penis, and then you stand there and it blows you. Is it? What do you mean the? Is it there only one? Is it like a, a ma a, like a landmark? I think we posted it on Nerdist a while back. Like it's just it's it's like a suction blowjob machine that could also look like a water cooler a little bit. Oh, okay. So it's something you can purchase. Because I, I was I imagining so. something like a public. Uh, like oh, like in a park or a museum. No, I don't think so. But I would love to see a floor model. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, dude, I do know what you're saying, dude. Yeah, I wish there were just just like why can't you have like a, a you know vulva licking machine? You know, I mean you can, but there should be machines on uh, every corner that just give <laughs> anyone head that wants it. <laughs> you what a pleasant society we would live in. And you're like, oh my god, today. You know what? I'm just going to get a blowjob real quick yeah. from the machine. Uh, <laughs> it really calms us down. Yeah. Totally. I'd like a little cuddle booths, though, also. Yes. Where, where, like, maybe, like, inflatable, like, material, like, suddenly like, conforms to your body and, like, holds you like you're in the womb. Yeah. Wow. That would just be a... Actually, I think you just invented something. It sounds wonderful. Go back to the womb. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to from whence you came. Oh, They just... Spray placenta juice on you while you're there. No, maybe not. It's weird. <laughs> the, f- the forbidden womb. I'm trying to think of a name for it. Um, womb room. Womb room. It's the womb room. <laughs> the living uh, womb. It's that time of the month, honey. I'm going to go down to the womb room. <laughs> uh, I just need to be held. Yeah. And it's just a room where you, you go in and you sit in a chair and then the walls just sort of close <laughs> in on you until you're in this position. Totally. Oh, we- man. Um, so okay, what else? Okay. I have other things to say. First of all, a uh, happy independence day. Yeah. <laughs> this show is July 4th. Totally. Um, do you have any independence like that you've like, recently let go of like, Oh, I'm now free of the thing. Like freedom. Freedom. Oh, wow. I hadn't thought of it. I'll bet you I do if I thought about it. Um, but nothing big, nothing huge. No. Uh-huh. Um, though I like, actually this, this would be a long conversation, but I had, uh, what I can only describe as a breakthrough in therapy. Like Whoa. I, yeah, so that's crazy. And I'm actually not, I'm not totally comfortable going completely into it yet. But mm-hmm. I like, you know, I go to therapy every week. And it's not like, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a murderer or anything. Just normal, normal therapy we, person we stuff. We all need yeah, we do. therapy. Yeah. I mean, it's a one hour every week where you can just process. It's great. Dude. And I didn't even think that I was in need of something that intense, but I like broke down into tears like, crazy and then i cried the whole next day Aww. it was crazy it was crazy you're so manly and yet with a sensitive side ladies 
<laughs> uh, you will find uh, after getting to know me that the sensitive side is my whole body, uh, and the man isn't there. No, no manliness. Uh, I have a deep voice and large legs. That's <laughs> <laughs> large, large legs, and a regular sized penis. Uh, <laughs> completely average. I was trying to. I was. I was I'm doing a little sales pitch for you there, Dave. You just, you know. And I just squashed it? Totally. I mean, I think, but you still had us at large legs, so it's fine. I got large legs. Um, <laughs> fine. Uh, I'm not sensitive at all. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a man. I have large legs and a huge dick, uh, but I can be sensitive every now and then. Is yeah. that, that's also a terrible advertisement. No, you're fine. You're fine just the way you are. Hey, thanks. Yeah. But anyway, that's, that would be the one thing. I like sort of, it, like, it's hard to put a finger on, but. But yeah, I do. It is. It was very freeing. So happy Independence Day. I feel like way better. It's weird. It's like a no, it's great. big weight lifted off my shoulders. What oh. about you? Um. Well, I mean, this episode we're going to segue in a little bit to the interview I had around this ridiculously um, uncomfortable but uh, freeing experience where I I had an IUD placed in my body about a, about wow. two months ago. For what? Um. Oh, to help present. To prevent pregnancy for the next 12 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Basically, the most of the rest of my fertile years. So I have uh, gained full independence and control over whether or not I choose to reproduce. Wow. Yeah, it feels really good. It was a rough month and a half, but it's actually... I mean, you'll listen to the, the episode. It's really geeky into the like the IUD process and what I experienced. But um, but it's actually really chilled out, and now I'm feeling good, and I feel like I could I, I can operate normally, and I'm not having like uncomfortable pain or anything. So I'm free of that stress. I mean, of course, I'm still going to use condoms and whatnot, if or you know, dental dams, and I'm going to use barriers um, with different sexual partners. But sure, I mean, my baby making choices, my own. I'm free. So what do you mean when you say that, though? Can you would you be able to choose to? I don't know, to change that so you could have, like, uh, a fertilized egg, like, you uh, through sex? I mean, can that still happen? Oh, yeah, or? no, this isn't permanent. Okay. It's a little plastic tea. Um, oh, yeah, an IUD. You said before the show started, you were like, what? I yeah, like, it's... IUD? <laughs> like, what is it? Intrauterine device. I think it is, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Intrauterine derby hat. <laughs> Deliverance. Damsel. Um, and I, just a little woman when it. I started looking into it, I thought the tea was supposed to chill, um, like the, the bottom part of the tea was supposed to just chill in your cervix and kind of almost like a wine stopper with the tea being in the uterus. Okay. Um, just past the vaginal canal. But turns out that the entire tea hangs out in your uterus. And um, yeah, that's that's where it hangs out. And you, it stops fertilization of an egg. So... Wow. Yeah. And it's really safe now. It used to be that there were some issues in previous decades, but now it's great. Um, so I'm really glad that I did it. Wow. That's great. Yeah. So, um, but the minute that they take it out, because I chose the non-hormal method, I can, I can make the baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, who is that character? <laughs> I don't know, but I think it's an ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Wow, no, no, you no. dated an interesting <laughs> person. A character that they oh, used to pretend. <laughs> no, hey, that's a voice from my past of somebody joking around about a thing. I see. 
Um, what else was I going to say? So yeah, there's, there's that independence. Also, I've actually come through a lot of emotional breakthroughs, like even around the podcast. Really? Like, yeah, because I'd have certain things that I'd sort of feel weird about. Um, and actually, there's a future episode we're going to uh, do about um, sexual archetypes, and I kind of talk about my podcasting persona versus like the one that I have in the bedroom versus my teaching one versus my one around my family. So, oh my god! But yeah, no, just I really freed myself of a lot of like heavy shit. You know, look at us. Happy Ind- Independence Day. I know, right? Happy Independence Day. Yeah. Happy July 4th. Yeah. America, number one. Not really. That's right. It's a big family. International. Yeah. You know how many listeners we have, like in Canada and in like the UK? Like We have a lot. We have, In Australia? I know. I talk to people from all those places on Twitter. Yeah. It's like everywhere. Hi, guys. Nice people. Hello. So many countries. Jeez. Yeah. Good. I'm glad this stuff is, is available. Let's see. I'm looking at this. Oh, P.S. Somebody said something like, dude, the chivalry and dating episode is so heteronormative and stuff. And like, you know what? I totally get that our chivalry and dating episode was very much about women sort of playing the more passive role and men kind of playing the like, I'm going to take you on a date role. But those roles can be anybody doing any of those parts. You sure. Know? And uh, and we're going to talk about dating a whole lot more in the coming months and whatnot. So, but we were just sort of fleshing out like the basic chivalry things. So I just wanted to check in about that. How do you feel about that, Dave? Um. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I. It's funny. I. I didn't even think about it. I. I suppose. I mean, I live like a very heteronormative life. <laughs> I, I do. All, all the people that I'm surrounded with are like that. I'm very accepting of, of everything else and I of course have friends who are transgendered and homosexual and all that stuff but it's sort of like especially when you're talking about dating and that's the place that you're coming from it's hard to come from another perspective because that's the perspective that you have mm-hmm. it's the one that I had and it was most certainly where the two guests we had were coming from mm-hmm. so I mean I don't know I uh, I think that that, that uh, is, a, is a valid note for, for someone to give I think it's a very valid thing For someone to say And I understand someone You know Possibly having their feelings Hurt by that But You know It's not It's not fair It's not fair to come at someone With uh, not accepting everyone When they're just saying Their own experience True I just It occurred to me The thing that another person Had said That I totally got And I totally am like Oh no I totally get you dude Is that they were sad Because as a Guy who likes women They were sad that uh, we didn't really talk about the allowance for females to go after guys as well. Right. Well, we that I agree with, and we've come across that before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually that episode was difficult for me because yeah. I didn't agree. I don't. I don't know. I we we made a decision at the beginning of that episode that we were going to talk about it in the realm of like the way that people who are into regular dating date. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was because it was of, real focused. Yeah, it was totally like focused on a very specific type of, of dating. It was very narrow. And I like, yeah, I found myself wavering and not really uh, like knowing what I thought about things mm-hmm. because I think chivalry is great. I think it's really great. I, I like pursuing women and I think that that's been the norm for a long time. But also, literally everything else is acceptable. So, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that we talked about that mm-hmm. stuff because we, because those things very much exist. They're very real, and I think for most people, that like those roles in dating, mm-hmm. men and women, and like when we got to, 
we we got to like the paying the check and stuff. Um, you know, I found myself conflicted, and you are distracting me with your <laughs> pantomiming um, fellatio with the microphone. I was um, I was realizing how serious we were getting, and I just felt like you know interfacing with my environment. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying. I just you um, know. No, I mean, I, I accept all, and uh, and I, I'm glad that we talked about that. Dude, no, I've got some really fabulous uh, emails from people around like awkward dating. Like, I love the people who listen to the show. They always write me these sweet, sweet emails. A lot of them around the awkwardness of the dating world, and I would love to do an episode soon about just answering those questions because sure. it's just like a giant group hug. Dating is weird and fun and scary oh my god i recently went on a date i was so nervous okay so this episode when i apologize because we get really breathy into the mic when i we we get a little breathy so i do apologize for the sound quality a little i bit. saw that someone commented about the lip smacking that's funny i didn't i don't i, didn't I wasn't know about, here like, for that one did he say like kissing noises like, like i don't know what that was it's just it's interesting it gets really breathy you know so apologies but but Regine, who I um, who's up in Alaska, who I talked to, she's just so cool. Like she's just, I mean, she's just a rad lady. So uh, enjoy, and uh, you know, just know that I'm weird, and my experience was not the norm, and that I'm really glad for what's going on with this IUD situation. Ah, uh, people, medical things, fun. Bye, Dave. Bye. <laughs> Hello, sex nerds. This is Sandra Doherty. Um, I am in a hotel room, as I tend to be sometimes. <laughs> don't don't think dirty thoughts. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, I am at in Austin, Texas, at the ASECT conference, and I have stolen a nurse practitioner away because into a hotel room because we have not talked about contraceptives yet, and I had a very, uh, pardon my français fucked up contraceptive situation that came up recently and I feel like emoting about that. Alright? So it's gonna get a little personal but I think we're all mature enough to handle that. Whatever. Um, anyway, so Dave, of course, I did not fly him to Austin, my co-host. Um, but, uh, but we love him and we will talk to him next week for sure. Uh, so, Regine, hello. Hello. Uh, please tell me and the listeners uh, what you do and where you're at. I am in Austin at the American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. Very good. <laughs> and uh, because I do a lot of women's health, I'm a family nurse practitioner um, in Kodiak, Alaska. Yes, indeed. I'm down here sweating to death in the heat of Austin. <laughs> and it's not just a sex talk that, uh, that's making me sweat. <laughs> right, it's not the sexy kind of sweating. <laughs> so um, I do a lot, a lot of um, contraception. I do the family planning clinic in my hometown of Kodiak. And then I also do a lot of women's health care. And then, you know, other kinds of health care. But um, you mentioned when we were out on the patio that you had had a bad IUD experience. And that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yes. Thank you for the segue. Yeah. Yeah. I almost, I've been wanting to find someone who was just really earthy and just like, you know, like some people just have that professional guys where you're like, come on, let's talk, be real here. And then here I end up at this women's circle after, you know, like the first or second day of conference. I'm sitting next to you. I'm just like, oh, you do IUD stuff. That's kind of important. So thank you. Shall I tell you? Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. 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 I, 
I guess we should first say, okay, contraceptives, we have lots of choices, right? Uh, and my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, because I always forget to do the basic stuff before I oh, go into okay. the stuff. Actually. So there's like, you know, condoms are the thing, but then there's also diaphragms are like the old school thing that people still do. They're kind of annoying to put in. So yeah, Raging is uh, making faces because she totally agrees. And then I, I figure there's like also pills and and you can slap a patch on you and you can stick a ring inside you and you can get injected by a thing and there's all these um methods for hormones and then there's this magical one non-hormone method i mean there's a hormonal one non-hormonal, called iud's which used to freak me out because it was inside your body uh so can you just tell us about iud's uh before we go into the drama Yes, IUDs. Uh, we love IUDs um, for one reason. They have a, the one of the best um, non-failure rates. I mean, they're very, very, very reliable. And that's because you don't have to do much of anything but get them put inside your uterus. And they're like right behind um, permanent sterilization. And they're the other thing that's so great about Behind as oh, in... I'm sorry. Behind as in just a little bit lower of ineffectiveness than sterilization. That's that's how reliable they are. And the um, and then there's the 10-year one. Is Which one did you get? I got the 12-year. Oh, okay. Okay. So you've got the Paragard, the copper and plastic one. And then there's one with a little bit of hormones. It's good for five years. Either way, they're, they're very, very reliable, but they do require um, a visit to a provider's office to get it put in. And you can't control your periods. That's one thing with birth control pills that some people really like, um, that you can skip your periods. With, with these, your bleeding will be a little bit, um, it'll be changed a little bit. But um, it's no muss, no fuss. Um, yeah, we love the IUD. We love them because if you really are planning to not have children for even two years or five years, it's a great choice to get the, the 10 or 12 year Paragard IUD. Yeah, because you're like immediately, well, with the Paragard, which is copper and there's no hormones, you're immediately fertile, basically, or I think it takes a little bit. Or No, no um, either one, actually, the minute they come out, you could, you can have another menstrual cycle right away. That they don't in, they don't in, your, your ovulation isn't affected at all. And, and the other thing is with IUDs is they are immediately effective. They are used, have you guys talked about Plan B on your show? Uh, we've touched on Plan B, um, but please share. Okay. So Plan B is something that you use. It's most effective. Um, the Plan A is you use contraception. <laughs> plan A is the condom doesn't break, right? So Plan B is, oops, what do we, now what we can do? You know, we've, um, and so you want to, it's a secondary contraceptive, you know, shortly after an unprotected um, episode of sperm in the vagina. And the, um, so it's best within 72 hours, but it's effective up to about five days. Um, but with the IUD, it can be put in as a plan B. They have to make sure that you're not pregnant at the time. But um, from a previous, un, um, you know, from uh, it'll it'll stop. It'll work for that incidence of within the 72 hours. But it won't work for if you're already pregnant from two weeks ago that you forgot about. Does that work for the copper non-hormonal IUD and for... Both of them are can be used as a, uh, but it's tricky. I think Planned Parenthood. There are probably only a few places that would feel be ready to really do that for you. But you could always call and find out if you could get an appointment that fast. That's the tricky part. But yeah, they're great. I mean, IUDs. Yeah, they're fun. They're fabulous. Yeah, I'm. I mean, it's okay. The fan. Okay, there's the reality and the fantasy of the IUD. Now I know that worldwide, I'd read that IUDs are the most common contraception right behind sterilization. 
right? They're, yeah, they're um, very popular in Europe, for sure. And there's a bad rap about them. Uh, I tweeted out to my listeners, like, hey, guys, does anyone have experience with IUDs? I didn't say because I was thinking of getting it. I just kind of wanted to get a feel for people. And lots of, like, I loved it. And then some people were like, I hated it. Or, like, when I have sex with my partner, uh, I can feel it poking. And then I realized later that means that it's trying to evacuate the uterus. Like, you shouldn't feel anything except the strings for the first few months, right? You shouldn't, yeah, you shouldn't feel anything. Um, we tell people pelvic rest for five to seven days, seven days, so it can kind of settle in because it's a foreign body, you know, inside your uterus. So it has to kind of figure out where it wants to lie in the plane of your uterus. But other than that, you should never feel it. You shouldn't feel it during intercourse. And you shouldn't probably even really feel the string. Sometimes your partner, if the strings are cut too short, they're, they can stick out and then they would poke him. And they're like a fishing line. So they would, it'd be like, you know, poking into a fishing line with the glands of the penis. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's sort of the spiel that I got, right? And so there... Regine, <laughs> this is so upsetting. Okay, so... I... I mean, I'm also just like, okay, even if this... I, I'd, I'd read and heard that it could really hurt when you get it put in. I haven't ever given birth. My cervix... I've never had anything penetrated. So I was like, okay. And I couldn't get an appointment while I was on my period. And they said that if you're not menstruating, your menstruation opens up the, the, um, os. the os. The opening. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Os. <laughs> it's cash. It's like, a, <laughs> you know, that thing. Um, so I was nervous and I'd asked, I, I basically took like heavy, a heavy painkiller before I went in, but I made sure that it was okay. Um, because I was that nervous about it uh you're making faces well it's um well because we've already we talked just barely a little bit what i do for my patients if they're that nervous actually i have given two of my patients that are anxious i will actually give them like um a valium or something well, actually xanax but a one and have make sure that they have someone to drive them there and pick them up but i don't know you know if your provider knew that you were that nervous so i'm sorry they didn't give you something for because anxiety is different than pain if you're taking a heavy duty painkiller it doesn't really help your anxiety too no, bad it, well it doesn't help my anxiety i was trying to do like deep breathing you know uh, accessing my parasympathetic nervous system like just like oh but i was nervous but i just really didn't want to experience a lot of physical pain mm-hmm. i mean you know that's natural right, right you know i'm not a total masochist um but sorry, that's that's more like because we've talked about BDSM on the show. <laughs> but. Um, so I and also this was Planned Parenthood. This is my career, and I love what I do. But I don't have healthcare, so I was at Planned Parenthood. So I uh, didn't really have that offered to me. I don't think they offer that probably to people. And they said that I asked for the pill that you can get to dilate your cervix. And they said that first they try and like get it in there without uh, giving you that. Even though I was just, I didn't want to have like a tight cervix because I was so nervous, but I was just like, ah! I have no idea if your anxiety would affect that. But yeah, you just rolled your eyes. Yeah. No, not too much. Yeah. It's, um, you, you have control over your, your outer, you know, your introitus, the opening of your vagina, but not so much the inside part. That's kind of just your anatomy. I mean, I, I did a lot of deep breathing, but I was like, it's just going to be what it is. But, um, so I got in there and they wouldn't give me the pill to just open me up. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do this the old fashioned way. And she described, okay, so it's a three part process. 
Can you describe like the three parts to putting putting in the IUD? Well, <clears throat> I don't know what your three parts are. <laughs> I could all I'll just can say like now are we talking about the the actual procedure. Yeah, the procedure, which is you have to grab the cervix, measure the thing, and then put the thing in. Right. Yeah. So, um, but the other thing we do is we we put the speculum in, open up, see what's what, and at that point um, we can see if you're the size of your cervix cervical opening, the os. And sometimes we have to use something called a cervical finder. But the, before we do anything, we wash it off with betadine soap. Hopefully that if you're not, oh, yeah, 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 all this stuff. And then yeah, and then we use the, um, something to hold the cervix still, the tenaculum that causes cramping. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the way the way I I because I I had been told not to look at the tenaculum because it looks scary and I was like you know I'm gonna heed that advice because I'm already a big mess. <laughs> no, that's a good idea. I learned <laughs> I learned the hard way because I was like I really believe in like offering people to a mirror if they want to look at themselves or I mean all this sort of things like hey you don't have to if you don't want to not not during IUDs but mm-hmm. just during usual exams. But I I really believe in like the full informed patient thing and so on time it's like and now i'm going to use the tenaculum to hold your cervix still and i held it up so the person could see it and she just blanched and I, thought, <laughs> and I thought okay note to self i don't do that anymore i don't show people the tenaculums because <laughs> yeah. they're pretty scary looking I, I was imagining something in like the matrix like something that was gonna like drill into my head or something, just something terrifying <laughs> it's like an octopus looking metal thing it was very scary um, so we use, so we use that to hold the cervix still, and then we try to see if we can get into there's a there's a little opening at the cervix, and there's another opening. Um, so there's the external os, and there's the internal opening the, from the little canal. Like the cervix is basically, you know, it's it's during childbirth, it's the cervix that opens the dilation. You know, is the opening of the cervix getting big, big enough to let the baby's head pass through? And then effacement is where the cervix that's usually like an inch or two deep becomes flat to, you know. So that's what labor is. It's like making the cervix just open, open, open. So there's an internal os. So there's, you know, that is goes into the body of the uterus. So that's, so there's a little canal that you have to get through. And when you like, poop, you pop through that and then you know you're going to be able to sound to and then once you pop through that internal os then um you can i if i use if i have to use a cervical finder then i get the long thing that sizes your uterus so each each iud is custom fit (laughs) so i mean okay just backing up the cervix is basically the back end of the vagina you can't lose things in your vag like like you know um I mean, that's where it's located. The cervix. We always talk about the cervix. Almost, I always make the. I when I before I put in IUDs, I always like to have an appointment with somebody that beforehand. I pull out all my diagrams. The cervix is part of the uterus. We talk about it like it's you know like a completely separate organ. It's not. It's it's just the it's the bottom part of the uterus that come that comes into the you know it meets the wall of the vagina, and so it's it's totally part of the uterus. It's the same. It's a muscle. It's the same muscle as the uterus. To, to, the visual I got was like thinking like if the vagina were like the, a roll of like toilet paper that like cardboard insert. It's like taking an egg and kind of placing it yes. on that kind of and how it kind of dips into the yes. vaginal canal. Yep. Like exactly. That. Yep. That's a good visual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, when the cervix opens for childbirth, you're basically turning a cul-de-sac into a two-way street or a one-way street or you know what I'm saying. And um, so that, but it's a cul-de-sac. It's very small. Anyway, I'm not going to get too stressed out here. But mainly, 
No flashbacks. But when you said sounding, you basically, it looks like just a clear plastic stick. And she's all like, hey, this is about the size of the pencil. And it just, it's like a stick that they go in to measure. It's, it's smaller than, it's smaller than a pencil. Um, it's, I would say it's more the size of a, um, like a pipe cleaner. I mean, I don't know if people even know what those are. It's, it's pretty small, but it's metal. The one I use is metal. It probably felt <laughs> it probably felt bigger than a pencil, but it's smaller than a pencil. It felt like the biggest thing on the planet. Yeah, like it was really it's upsetting. Uncomfortable. It causes I, the tenaculum. I always ask people afterward, like which which was more uncomfortable: the tenaculum, the sounding, or the IUD? It's usually between the tenaculum and the sounding. Usually, when we actually get the IUD in there, it's it. There's a little discomfort when the arms open. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh. Oh, because it's the shape of a T. Just it FYI, goes, guys. Yeah. Shape of a T with some strings that come come down so you can make sure it's still there. That's the shape of it. FYI. Yeah, and when it goes in, it's not shaped like a T. We bend the little arms into the straw, mm-hmm. and then when we put it in, we put it in you know, as deeply as we have sounded it, and then release the little arms, and then push it to the back of the uterus. We release the arms right before we get to the end of the uterus, and then we release the arms. That cramps for a few minutes, and then I take the straw thing out. I wait again, and then um, I take the or I take the little the little the little white thing that pushes it out of the straw, and then I I take that out, hold the straw in place, take the straw out, and then I trim the trim the strings. It's like all okay, but it's fast. It goes really fast. The whole the whole thing, if you get in, I have pushed, I have pushed for two or three minutes to get through somebody's, um, os. That can be, that can be uncomfortable. Can I, can I make the sounds that I was making? <laughs> okay, first of all, the tenaculum, right? So she's like, to grip and hold still the cervix. And I'm all like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. <sighs> wow. That's like my sounds while she's just gripping the cervix. That's good. I mean, it's, I, I think if you need to make sounds, I always tell people make as many sounds yeah. as you want to let it out. You know? Oh yeah, no. I'm like, I'm like embracing my humanity right there. <laughs> <laughs> and and the sounding was like the exam table was near a wall, and they and um I did bring a friend, and I wasn't allowed to bring that friend in there, so I was all alone. I felt really upset by that. See, yeah, I well, yeah. Everybody has their own policy. I I think it's fine to have a friend in there. It's all to me. It's all about making it comfortable. Mm-hmm for the patient. I would have given you the Cytotec to open your cervix. I mean, I would have given you Xanax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have an issue around like being penetrated in the body, like surgical openings just freak me out. Like I don't want to be cut into and like the idea of I think it was that was being triggered, but I'm like gripping the wall and like I'm all alone and just this woman and then I and she's like, "Okay, and now the pencil thing." And I'm just like, I shouldn't actually say pencil thing. She said but and then I'm just like no no need a minute need a moment Good. need it and I'm like you know I'm just thinking for science for science and then she put it in and it was it was like traumatically uncomfortable and I have friends who said that it was like no big deal but for my body it was like holy mother like it was it was like one of those things where you're just wishing you had a bottle of bourbon or something. <laughs> well, yeah, and and that sometimes when I'm talking to patients about the IUD, I tend to I tend to kind of scare them. I mean, I want them to be prepared for the worst, you know, take ibuprofen, blah blah blah, all that stuff. But what I tell them is I do wish that I had, you know, I'm going to age myself here, Star Trek, you know, where they had the body wand, you know, like Dr. McCoy, oh, like, oh, they diagnose you, you know, this is what it is. And I just thought, like, because there are some people who won't tolerate an IUD. I mean, that's that's the other, 
that's the other sad truth is some people's bodies, we can put them in correctly and they'll spit them out like in, you know, three years instead of being able to keep it for 12. And who knows why? And they're expensive for people who don't have insurance. Um, but for people who don't have insurance, it's cost effective. If you can keep it for 12 years, it's the cheapest birth control you can ever get. Yeah, it's like 500 to 1,000, or like not even, about five, 1,000 the most, but I mean, it will be a decade of your life. Is Absolutely. There. And pills and Kodiak, a pack of pills is $80 if you don't have insurance. I mean, the newer ones like Yaz and stuff, it's crazy. And the NuvaRing, it's about $80. It's it's ridiculous you don't want that's my rant on the pharmacology industry yeah. though so that's another whole topic yeah. but, i mean considering so, how is, so how's your iud now um once she got it in and the second penetration to put it in was just as uncomfortable oh. yeah like i i think that i just in life i tend to skew at the far side of the spectrum in so many things and this is just where i was like the unlucky few because most people are okay but it can be rough um but now honestly it has been really dis- uncomfortable, and my first menstruation was like childbirthing pains the first day. So I had a re- your your eyes. So the, so I am clearly abnormal. Mm-hmm. Is what you're like it like hurts. So like the cramping was really bad, and I've it just. Did you take ibuprofen? I have been taking ibuprofen. Good. Um. So yes, I mean I don't want to just totally just Im- get crazy in terms of my personal stuff, but it's this is the reality. Is like, but I made a choice because I want to fully take control of my decision to give birth if that's something I want to do and I don't want to have an accident so I I'm about a month and a half in and um the the tidal wave just subsided so now I'm in month two and I'm going to give it another month and they said after about three to six months it should is that about right yeah I would say if it's horrible 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 pain I would give it Three months, that's all I would give it. You know, if it's kind of, and you can tell that it's subsiding a little bit, yeah, give it a full six. Um, the other thing I tell people now, because I'm going to switch, so this, you know, in terms of how people are with their IUD, I tell people um, that really, yeah, it settles in for sure, usually after even the first month, the first menstrual cycle. But some for for some people, it's a little, their bodies are more uncomfortable with things being inside of them. I mean, it you know, for some people, they just don't tolerate it. But in general, it settles way down. And then what I, you know, they know that people don't check their strings every month. So I don't think that's a big frightening thing. People don't need to feel guilty about not checking their strings. But what I tell people to be is mindful about their body. Like if you're having monkey sex or all sorts of like crazy, you know, fun positions that um, that you used to do. And then now you've got the IUD and maybe it's a little uncomfortable. But then you, um, but it's, it ever since you got the IUD, it's like, oh, like, we can't do that quite the same, but it should be, you shouldn't be able to do almost everything you ever did because the, the uterus is up inside your body. You know, the cervix, it shouldn't be moving. Your cervix gets moved during intercourse, but not usually the uterus. Wait, why wouldn't we, I mean, like, how would you know to not do a position or what do you mean that they wouldn't be able to do everything? Well, you might feel discomfort. And so what I, so what I mean is then if, um, especially I think the, the, the key is if you would you say you got your IUD, you know, two months ago, and then in four months, you know, you and your partner were having intercourse and in a way you always did and it didn't bother you. And then in two and a half years, you do that same position and it's like, wow, that was uncomfortable. Now, sometimes it's your bowels, you know, sometimes it's something, you know, that's in your intestines. Sometimes it's just um, you're bloated wherever you are in your menstrual cycle. You might be a little more full, you know, just more retaining fluid. So for most women, I know, you know, you 
you wait a few days and then you try that position again or whatever, you know, and just see like what's going on. Um, but if it, if it continues to be uncomfortable in a position that didn't bother you shortly after you got the IUD in, like if you have had sex with your IUD, a sexual position with your IUD in place and it didn't hurt. And now you're ha- that same position is, is this, you know, is this is uncomfortable. Um, I think that would be something to go back to your provider and have them check it out. Like, even more important than having like how long the strings are um or if your partner says he feels something not like a string but i've actually i had a patient who came in and she actually thought her iud was actually at the opening of her cervix you know just the just the little plastic part yeah it was like peeking through peeking through and she couldn't feel it, it she was having no pain um but it's like oh i think uh, it's not working really well because it's in the canal instead of being up in the uterus yeah that's that's not helpful and uh Part of my discomfort for the first month was I could feel it trying to enter the cervix from the uterus. Like I, that tingle of the echoing the feeling I had in the office, but then it would go away. So I'm like, all right, we're cool, we're cool. And so, <laughs> but it's just sort of the strange, like, all right, guys, be cool. I, just hang in there. I went through a lot to, I, uh, I want this IUD. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it was just, it was a ridiculous experience. Um, oh my God. What, how does it work? Like magic oh, copper. I mean, I get hormones, but how does magic copper make the sperm not do what sperm do? Well, see, that's a, that's an excellent question. And um, I'm a member of the American, was it like um, the health professionals um, organization? And they have this great magazine called Contraception. A lot of it's like way too high tech. But in Sweden, God bless the people in Sweden, they did this study. They were all signed up to get their tubes tied, these women. And so they had, uh, I'm sure the woman gave permission, but they had IUDs put in um, like a week or two before their their appointments to get their tubes tied. And they were told to go home and have lots of sex. And then what they did was they came, they came back and when they had their tubes tied, they cut the tubes and they looked for sperm in the tube because they were wondering like, how does IUD exactly work? Nobody, and it wasn't a study of 10,000. I think the study was maybe 100 maybe even 50, but I think it was more than 100 or at least 100. And um, because it was a long time ago, I read this, but I really liked it because it showed that it makes it hard for the sperm to meet the egg. You know, for a lot of people like, oh, having an IUD is just like having an abortion. It's not because there is no fertilization. You know, there was no sperm in those tubes. And so we know... We know for the Mirena, the IUD that has a hormone, it's got progestin in it, and it actually makes the cervical mucus thick. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a barrier there, so the sperm can't get through as much. It also makes the uterine lining thinner, so it makes it less likely that if you did conceive up in the tubes that it wouldn't you know, be able to implant. So that's basically like the pill. And then, um, well, the pill makes you not ovulate. It's like the mini pill. The birth control pills make you not ovulate. Estrogen makes you not ovulate. Oh, I w- I tried the Nuva Ring a few years ago. Yeah, the Nuva Ring is like the Nuva Ring is a lot more estrogen. Yeah, the Nuva Ring is like a strong pill, and so I wish they would make the Nuva Ring in, in different levels of estrogen. It's all just it's like a big strong pill, and some people it's too much estrogen, you know, for them. I mean, it makes them uncomfortable. And my ring kept slipping out during sex. Oh, so you'd like wake up in the morning and be like, "Crap!" Yeah, and then you put it back in, but yeah, that would make you a little nervous. Yeah, yeah if you didn't notice it right away. Yeah, like if you went a day and a half, that would be scary. Like, oops, you know. It's like uh, the carousel when you're a kid and you're like trying to catch the ring, <laughs> you know, when you go around the carousel and you're trying to reach the golden ring. But it was like you're not winning, you're losing. <laughs> right, yeah. that No, that would be scary. Yeah, a lot of people, um, yeah, 
Actually, I I heard of a patient who actually put her ring into her urethra, if you can believe it. Oh, no, 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 no. No, it's, no, it, I, 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 but young woman. And um, so I kind of tell people she kept, she was, went, kept going to her college health center for, um, they were, she was having blood or like it hurt when she peed. I mean, she, something was wrong and she, they, she, nothing, no germs grew out. I oh can't remember God. how they finally figured it out. Oh, she figured it out when it was time to take her ring out and her ring wasn't there. And then they did a they did an ultrasound. It was in her bladder. <laughs> no, no bad side effects. She's fine. But yeah, so pay attention if you have a nuva ring. Put it in your vagina. I feel like you just must have a particular genetically. You're just your your urethra's shaped different, or because that or just of- being in a hurry when you're a young adult. You know, um, I don't know. I can't imagine it. Having but. had a catheter in at one point, I I, I would. I'd go in about two millimeters before I'd yeah. be like, hey, whoa, hey. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, it, was, it was amazing to me. Exactly. It may have just been an anatomical, like, you know, strangeness. Yeah. Oh, the other thing with the IUD, I had a patient who, um, she thinks those instead um, cups to hold menstrual blood, she thinks um, she was using. Oh, I think the Diva cup's now the thing. Oh, okay. Is, what is instead? Is that made of rubber? Um, well, it's like a little ring with a little, like, like a little latexy. Yeah, maybe, oh, maybe. Is it disposable? It's disposable. Oh, it's the disposable version of the diva cut. Okay. Yeah, and it's big, you know, kind of like a diaphragm, but it fits really tightly against the vaginal walls. Um, and that was the rub, is because she her IUD was in perfect in perfect position, and then she had a period, and she didn't feel it tug. But when she came back, she she came back like three months after her IUD was placed, and she was pregnant, and it was. It was way down. It was pulled out. And then she she said that the Instead Company, the Instead Company now puts that on there as a warning on their packaging because she called them up. And I tell all my patients, um, they don't a lot of people don't even know about, you know, the Instead, you know, menstrual cups or whatever. But um, the Paragard IUDs do not list it. And I wish they would. It's not on their their information sheet because they grab the strings. Because it fits so tightly against the vaginal wall, when you remove that, there's traction with the string. The penis coming in and out isn't going, and tampons are perfectly fine with IUD because they're not, it's not going to pull it, but it, like the string could get stuck between that, that cup. Now, I, I've used a menstrual cup. Um, I used to use, oh, I miss my keeper. She finally died. Um, but yeah, it definitely, I can imagine that happening. Was it pretty tight? Yeah, pretty yeah. tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's one thing to think about. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm am pretty tight. Okay, no, that's terrible. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Why I'm, awkward time. Uh, I mean, while we're here, okay, we've talked about the IEDs. I'm, I do. I'm glad to just sort of process with you because it, it was a really awkward experience. But also, yeah. I'm really excited though. I went through it knowing that it was a great decision for my needs in terms of family planning, and so it was sort of a necessary. And really just, you know, we went and got mac and cheese after and I like teared up a little and, you know, I was like, oh, no. and I got a lot of hugs and then it was, I was okay, but it was just a weird experience. But I mean, just briefly, cause we're, I mean, we're about at 30 minutes and I don't want to keep, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, you want to just talk about, I mean, there's lots of contraceptive choices. Is there anything particular people should know about going in, like, especially all well, females? I mean, males have like the option of condoms and there is a really cool male like internal semi-permanent contraceptive choice that they're trying in india do you know about that mm, no i don't know about that it's a, some sort of thing where you can inject it in the vast deference and it becomes hard 
And so it blocks the sperms, the sperms, well, the, the sperms from leaving. And, um, but if you inject a um, solution, it will dissolve it. And so then you can become fertile again as a male. But there were tons of articles about this out a few months ago. But it's, you know, it's going to be years before something like that actually you know, comes out. Well, that makes me wonder, where is the backflow for the sperm, though? I mean, I was... Yeah. I was wondering that about it. Did you get all stopped up or does it just reabsorb into the body? I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah, see, I, 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 that would worry me because, I mean, in terms of a vasectomy, it's, you know, released into the, like the kind of scrotum or the abdominal cavity. So they are, yeah, that would be curious. I haven't read that. I, I um, have only rejoined that contraceptive magazine. I'm sure that would have had it in there, but I haven't got my first issue yet again since I let my subscription um, lapse. It's an Indian doctor that described uh, that um, okay. developed it, so we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you talk to people about their contraception. What are the the big questions to ask yourself when you're deciding what what is important for you? Well, I think part of it is um, whether or not you want children. If you know for sure you don't, I think sterilization is the way to go. There are many places who won't um, even consider sterilizing people at least until they're at least 25. Sometimes it's until you're 30. Uh, which I think is reasonable sometimes because people can change their minds, yeah. you know, um, and it's, we consider it permanent. So we, you know, we want to make sure that's a choice, but it is a person's choice. The um, hormonal methods, they're fine. They're, um, I think you really have to be honest with yourself if you're really going to be able to take it on a, a fairly routine schedule. How, how routine is your life? If you're really scattered, I think it could be really difficult for you to take something that required you to take a pill every day. Um, but there are many people who have a very steady lifestyle. And the advantage of birth control pills is there are many choices among, you know, estrogen levels, progesterone levels. You can stop, you can skip your periods for three months, you know, have a period and then go for another three months without it. I mean, it can be really nice for people with acne. It's a nice side effect. Estrogen is a really nice side effect, you know, so it's contraceptive and cosmetic, you know. Can dudes do it too for their skin? Um Probably not. <laughs> yeah. just occurred to me. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, not so much. The, um, and then there's the Depo-Provera shot that's every 12 weeks. I'm not a big fan of that one. That one I do think can cause people um, to be, sometimes to be a little bit depressed, gain maybe a little bit of weight, but uh, not as much as many people you know, blame on it, but it's, but it requires going to a clinic every 12 weeks and that's a clinic visit and that gets expensive and you have to get your self to a clinic. So that's a nuisance. And having, uh, been on Depo-Provera for a little bit of time, um, your butt really hurts for a few days because <laughs> it's in the muscle and you're just like, ow. And yet getting to the clinic, uh, it's such a pain. Yeah. It, uh, Depo is my least favorite, but for the teenagers who are honest enough to tell us that they can't take it, um, take the pill reliably, we love to give them the Depo. And I have put IUDs on teenagers, and it, it's, it was very easy. I thought it might be hard, and it was really easy. Um, and then the um, what else is left? Um, well, there's I think of the patch and the, the ring oh, as like mm-hmm. the cool kids on the block. You know, like look at us, we're like. Well, I, I mean, I do love the ring. I, I think the ring is great for a lot of people because it's really private. The patch, I think, really works well, too. Not if you have sensitive skin. You know, if you're, if you're somebody who's kind of got allergies and stuff, people do can get rashes with that. And you can put it in places where people can't see it. But if you don't want people, 
it'd be hard. You can't put it on your breast and you can't put it on your skin where like a waistband might fit or like if you're wearing thong, you know, where the thong, where elastic might rub it because it's more likely to rub off. What's a good place to put it? I think the back of your arm, upper thigh, not, not on the front. Um, I think sometimes the lower back, you know, kind of. I mean, kind of in the thong area, you'd have to check out your underwear. I mean, that's what we tell, and I, what I tell kids to do or young women to do is put a Band-Aid on, or a piece of tape where they think they might want to put the put that and just move around or wear their clothes and see what would, you know, what what's what. Um, the other thing, though, I would be paranoid if I didn't want to get pregnant. I would want to be able to see it myself. So I think I would want to put it on the front of my body because if it peel, starts to peel off, it's not working. Yeah. Uh, but you can, you need to have really clean skin when you put it on there, like no oil or lotion. But afterward, you can swim, you can put lotion on, you can put lube up your body with oil and moisturizers. But you have to have really clean hands and really dry, clean skin for it to adhere. But pe- a lot of people like the patch. But as the ring, both of those are kind of a medium high level of estrogen. And for some people, that gives them headaches and it makes them feel bloaty. So um, just because you don't tolerate those doesn't mean you couldn't tolerate a, um, you know, a lower dose birth control pill. Yeah. And I mean, and condoms, condoms are great. You know, if you use them every single time and if you use them with a spermicide or any kind of lubricant, I tell everybody use a condom with a lubricant. I don't care if they come pre-lubricated. Yeah, inside and out. Just a little bit inside changes. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I always tell the girls, because I do mostly my family planning as teenage girls in high school, and I'm just like, well, we can make it as comfortable for you. You know, use just a little bit of lubricant and you won't, because it, like the condom stuff, it um, it evaporates and it starts to stick to your vulva, you know, and that's no fun. Um, yeah, condom rug burn internally is is, a, is not the most erotic sensation for most, I would think. Yeah, and sorry for all your male listeners, but I always tell the girls, like, too bad. Sex with a condom is better than no sex at all. <laughs> I'm a uh, hardcore about condoms for teenagers. Yeah, and I I know a little bit about I know a little bit about uh condom choices and sizing and, and different styles. So, but um yeah, condom I mean, of course all these methods we've talked about don't protect against STD or STI transmission except for condoms, like barriers, you know. But condoms don't protect you from herpes. You know, and sometimes HPV, if it's on the scrotum, I mean, they don't have a covering for the scrotum. And I, you know, so the scrotum is bumping against your vulva or inner thighs and it's got a herpes on it. You're going to get it. Um, So, I mean, that's the um, so just choose carefully uh, your partners. No, I'm I'm like when it comes to sleeping with someone that I'm not fluid bonded with. And I just think about all these things. It's like I I remember I went on this date and I just wasn't ready or I wasn't in a place where I was going to be having like penetrative sex because I communicated around that and then like you know I wanted to use my hands on them and I was like all right I'm going to use these black like latex gloves now and and his eyes were just like uh oh really and I'm like yep you know but the minute you start actually like people will respond really poorly sometimes but when you actually like, this is how it's going to be. And then once you like lube up and start doing it, they're like, oh, I don't care anymore. This is hot. Especially black. Yeah. Yeah, Sweet. Now, do you sew those like at the store you used to work at? um... Yeah. Yeah. And um, they're they're source tattoo parlors. It's tattoo gloves for tattoo artists. Yeah. Oh, no, that you know what? That is a great idea. Um, yeah, because the ones I have are like, you know, either purple, like nitrite or nitrile and then or like the flesh colored um, latex or yeah, 
Yeah, there's something Not sexy. sexy. Yeah, there's something sexy about uh, black gloves. They're called black dragon gloves, oh. and, and you can get them in latex or uh, nitrile. Oh. Um, yeah. Nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out because I I mean I like to be able to give people things that are fun and protective. That's great. Totally. Yeah, you can get a box of 100 for I think 25 bucks or something like that on the internet. So it's like no big deal. So like yeah, I'm all about because I don't like the fact that HPV and and we're gonna have an STD. Um, episode too, so we don't have to get into too much in that. But mainly, this is female body. Let's not get pregnant, huh? Hey guys, yeah, don't get don't get pregnant until you're ready to, yeah. because it will change your life forever. And it's a wonderful thing if you've planned it. Mm-hmm. And um, thank goodness we still have a choice if you find yourself with an unwanted pregnancy. But um, vote frequently and often <laughs> to maintain uh, women's rights to choice. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to have control over my decisions. And my decision was to go through a very awkward experience with this IUD situation. Um, but I'm happy I did it. And now, you know, inform all you guys out there. Um, what's your favorite contraceptive method? I, uh, the IUD. I think the IUD for uh, people is um, by far, like, the greatest, the greatest choice of, if their body will tolerate it. Because, it, I mean, it's, it's cheap in the long run, and it really doesn't slow you down at all. And it does not increase your risk of getting... In the old days, they used to say, oh, you can't have it unless you're with one partner. And that, if anybody tells you that, they are, they are misinformed. Anybody who's up to speed on anything knows that it does not increase your risk of sexually transmit, you know, transmitted diseases. It's great. The IUD is my favorite. Yeah, I found there was, uh, when I was doing my research, there was a lot of misinformation about the single partner thing and, and all that stuff. <laughs> you have an amazing eye roll when you're, like, annoyed by something. She's just all, her eyes are like, whoa, the face you just made. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, well, I think that wraps it up. Um, did you want to give us, like, a website or resources or any sort of links or anything? I can also just cut this out if you don't want to. Yeah, not really, just Planned Parenthood Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, so um, where can people, what's a reliable source that you would say for people to get more information about all this stuff? Um, on the internet, probably um, Planned Parenthood. Um, probably for the specifics on the IUD, maybe right to like Paragard or Morena, but I would do Planned Parenthood. They are really non-biased. Um, a lot of times people are promoting their products like, like the IUD companies, so probably Planned Parenthood. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. Travel safe. Austin. Yay. <laughs> well, thank you. And I, um, I think you're doing a lot of great work with, uh, you know, talking to people and the IUD is great. And I'm glad even though you had like a very weird experience, I think unusually weird, I have to say, or maybe it's because she's unusually weird. Oh, wait, no, she's going to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. Thank you so much. Thanks. It's not a secret. I, I'm a special person. Bye guys. Talk to you next week. Bye. Now leaving Nerdist.com.